The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews is brought to you by Spirituality and Health Magazine, the Soul Body Connection. Visit SpiritualityHealth.com today. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. You know, I know there are so many of you out there right now conspiring with your fantasies to write that book. You think about it, and you wish for it, and maybe you've even written some of it, but you're still uncertain. Your fears, your dreams, and your obligations all line up for the midnight arguments with your soul. You feel that you were meant to write it, but, well, you're stuck. This show and the upcoming event put on by Linda Joy and Lisa Tenner are for you, and I want to help them help you. So get out your pens, your laptops, and your courage, and let's do this thing. Lisa Tenner has helped dozens of published authors get their books written into print and into the hands of of readers around the world. Some have been published by major publishers, including Simon & Schuster, Random House, Prometheus Books, Beyond Words, and others have self-published. There are more opportunities than ever for publication. Lisa teaches on the faculty of Harvard Medical School CME publishing course, and her book, Coaching Clients, have appeared on Oprah, Montel, CBS Early Show, and more. Inspirational publisher, speaker, and conscious entrepreneur, Linda Joy, is a passionate advocate for leading, encouraging, and inspiring women to rediscover and reconnect with their inner wisdom while providing them with the tips, tools, and inspiration to do so. The same passion, vision, and publishing wisdom that she has used to bring Aspire Magazine to the forefront of women's inspirational publishing, she brings to her new business venture, Inspired Living Publishing, giving aspiring authors the guidance and platform-building skills to bring their stories and books to life. And we are going to get to talk to these two fabulous women today to help us learn how to bring a book to actual birth. So let's start off. Linda, let's start with you. Uh, How did you get into book publishing from magazine publishing? Well, truly it was just listening to my readers, listening to what women want. We have such a phenomenal following for five years um, with Aspire that, I've always looked at my role in life as through Aspire Magazine as like I'm the universal middleman. I like to bring the wisdom of others to the world through the written word. And about four years ago is when I met Lisa. So she's always been my biggest advocate to say, you know, Lynn, step up and give other people opportunities. And it wasn't until I really got my feet wet with magazine publishing and got a good base behind me that I said, you know, I'm ready to go the next level but I automatically knew that it would stay in what I believe in, which is women's inspiration. So really it wasn't a big jump for me. It's a natural unfolding of the way the business was meant to go. So 
Um, I'm really thrilled with the results. Our first book comes out in about two weeks. Wonderful. That's really exciting. So, okay, well, just so we can get to know each of you just a little bit before we get really down into it, Lisa, tell us about how did you get into becoming a book writing coach and trainer? Well, it was a very circuitous route. Uh, I, I, I can say that when I was a young kid, I always thought I'd be a writer. And uh, then I went to MIT, which was kind of an odd choice for me. But uh, my father really thought it sounded good. <laughs> and uh, so I got kind of a technical technical background and, and did work in sort of techie work for a short while and then ran a nonprofit organization for 10 years. And it was really there that I got the idea for my first book. Uh, it became published. And then I just started helping others. I took the five steps that I used to sort of write in the zone, and I started teaching those to other people. And what I found was more and more people were coming to me saying, well, I really want to get my book published. And I started helping them with that and uh, got a really great break when someone um, recommended me to the director of Harvard Medical School's publishing course. And I've been on the faculty there now for, I think it's going to be five years. So, uh, that, you know, that was, that was a big break. Absolutely. Very exciting. Okay, so book writing used to be this daunting uh, thing that people thought of occasionally, and they said to themselves, I'll write a book one day, but they never really thought it was a real possibility. But now the traditional publishing market is changing drastically and is still in that process of changing even as we're speaking and and more and more people are deciding that, yes, I can write, and yes, I have something to say, and so I want to get it out there. Can you speak a little bit about, or you guys speak a little bit about that phenomenon and how that's come about? Lisa, I'll let you go on that one. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, it really is because of this whole change in this digital world that there's so many more ways to reach people. And it started with e-books, but, you know, now we have e-readers and lots of different ways that you can reach people. And also, I think that we're finding that you can really create a platform. You can cr- sort of connect with an audience more easily because of the Internet. People are writing on blogs, or they may have r- publish articles on Aspire Magazine site and other sites where they can suddenly reach readers that way. And so suddenly you can develop more of a following yourself, and you can have a website, and you can have a newsletter, and so it's just much easier, I think, to have an audience and know what they want, hear back from them, and get the sense that, yes, they need this book, and, and they want it, they've been asking for it, and, and so it's very encouraging, I think. Okay, so we're getting feedback then. Is that, is that basically I, I think the... that's a piece of it, and then, you know, the other piece is that you don't have to get a traditional publisher, and there are reasons to get a traditional publisher and reasons to go with self-publishing, and reasons to go with some of these newer models, like a, a book, a compilation-type book, like Juicy Joyful Life that Inspired Living Publishing is coming out with, where you can just write a shorter piece, and uh, it doesn't have to be a whole book, but to be part of a book with other people, so you can really build on all the people that have been following all the different authors. And so there's just so many more options, I think, and that's, that's a big piece of it. Okay. Well, I want to speak to the magazine part and the articles part first, too, because I think that's really, like you said, it's one of the ways we build a platform. So, Linda, I guess I want to ask you, what made you decide in the first place to get into magazine publishing? 
Hmm, I think it chose me. It chose <laughs> um, you, okay. It chose me. I've always, um, for about 20 years I've been an entrepreneur, always have was in regard to giving back to women. So I've always liked Lisa loved the written word. And the funny part is at my other business, which was a retail store, the name of my newsletter was Aspire. And it was a way I always connected with people. After I closed that business and life went on, I decided that I wanted to really reach out to women. And what ended up happening was originally it was going to be a newsletter, but I kept having a reoccurring dream that it was meant to be a magazine. And I laid it all out, found a graphic designer the next week, and 11 um, weeks later we went to print. So for me, it wasn't that I really entered the publishing business. For me, it was I entered the inspiration business, and publishing is the tool that I chose. So my passion behind everything I do is inspiration, and it just happened that I chose the publishing model because the written word really touches me, and I know it can transform life. So um, it's my life really come full circle, and I feel like it's come back full circle to be of service now. So it's funny how life has unfolded. Yeah, it really is. So would you say, would both of you say in your own ways that that um, that passion is one of the driving forces for getting these things done, getting into the magazine business, into the book publishing business, into writing the book itself? I would have to say 100%. Um, for me, it's all about passion. Um, I know now this is exactly what I'm meant to do and to open the doors for others to be able to do it. I was blessed with a great platform, so I, I believe that I should reach out to aspiring authors and say, let me teach you how to build a platform. This is what I've done for my company, which is Aspire and a few other companies. To build my platform, let me help you do it. And Lisa, I, I believe from what I know of you, is also passion-driven. Is that true, Lisa? Absolutely. Um, I, I love getting up in the morning. I love what I do. And I wouldn't put in the kind of hours I do if I didn't love it. <laughs> uh, but... You know, I also see that the people who finish their books are people who really feel passionate about it. And I think occasionally someone's writing a certain book because they feel like they should. You know, it's going to help my business if their heart's not in it. It's, it's, it's unlikely that, that they'll finish it. And also I think they're not going to be that happy with the results either. That there has to be that passion behind it. But it is, it is the kind of project where you, you need that passion to fuel it. And then, obviously, there needs to be more than just the passion. You have to have, you know, discipline, support, accountability, a plan. All of those things are going to be important, too. Right, right. Well, we don't have a whole lot of time before the break, but I want to ask you, Lisa, what, what is it that stops most people? You hinted at it there, but what stops most people from writing their books? Um, yeah, it often is that they don't have that support in place. They don't have... Uh, a plan in place. They just think they're going to start writing and, and they get sort of lost in it. They haven't outlined it. Um, but there's another piece. You know, my son was uh, in a tennis tournament recently and he almost didn't sign up. And he said, you know, Mom, I'm really afraid that if I lose, I'm going to feel badly. And if I win, I'm going to feel uncomfortable get, going up and getting an award. And I think that that covers, you know, what so many people experience is we fear success and we fear failure. And so both of those come up sometimes at the same time, and he just articulated that, I think, so well. Okay, yeah, I think that's really very real. So we get stuck in our own, our own stuff about <laughs> our own lives and our own confidence and all of that, and it, it translates into not being able to push our dreams forward. 
Yeah, sometimes it's a, it's a shamanic process to get that book written. You have to clear something to get it to get it going. Okay, okay. Any thoughts on that, Linda? You want to share? Well, I was really just tuned into how when Lisa explains um, all the blocks, I went through those same blocks as Lisa knows because I've sat in on one of her classes. So I loved where you said, Lisa, it's the accountability. You think you can just have the passion to write, but it's having the accountability and all of the other aspects to make it really come to life and make it come to fruition or we get stuck. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting that because you're talking about support and accountability and we know about the, the outline and the plan, and those are certainly things I know that you're going to be talking about in the upcoming seminar, but uh, we're talking about making an endeavor that seems to have historically been one in which we did it alone and did it out of our own raw energy or it didn't get done at all. But now we're talking about support and accountability, so that makes writing a little bit different now, does it not? Certainly that's my experience when I'm, when I'm teaching classes is there's a sense of community. Okay, okay. Well, we're going to come back and talk about that community in just a few minutes after the break. Stay tuned for more. If you're trying to birth that book, don't miss the rest of this show. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by Spirituality and Health Magazine, The Soul-Body Connection, one of America's most prestigious spiritual magazines, publishes six times a year and offers an amazing array of information for the seeker, both in print and online. Check them out at www.spiritualityhealth.com. You will be glad you did. So, now we were talking just before the break, uh, we're talking to Linda Joy and Lisa Tenner about birthing your book. We were talking just before the break about... Um, the the uh, the change that is taking place in the writing world right now, uh, moving more toward a community and some support, and away from this sort of rugged individualist writing, where you you know go over in a hole somewhere and drink and smoke and write your book. <laughs> <laughs> the Ernest Hemingway approach. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, people talk about, you know, are moving into a more co-creative age, and I, I think it's true, and I, I see I see people really blossom in a community setting, whether it's a live class in person or whether it's even on the phone, uh, where they they really support each other and get ideas for each other, and there's something about somebody else's enthusiasm for your book and the sort of interesting connections their brain makes that sets off your creativity. And, and it, you know, it really is the whole being greater than the sum of its parts. There's a, an energy that comes off of that that's very powerful. And oh, I, I've seen lots of great ideas come out of that, too, as people support each other and brainstorm together and, uh, or, you know, or even just having that accountability. Again, accountability is so key. And it's hard to be accountable just to one person yourself it's easier when there's a group you're accountable to or a coach or, you know, somebody else. It could even be a writing buddy, but somebody that you have some accountability with. Yeah, I remember a time in my own life when I was uh, sort of uh, uh, hit a writer's block on my poetry, and and then I met somebody else that wanted to email poetry to me, and we ended up writing email, emailing poetry back and forth to each other, and it just got me started back again, and, and my poetry was even better than before, so... Absolutely, that kind of support can be very inspiring. So, okay, community is one of the things. Uh, support and community is one of the things that we talked about uh, that stops most people from writing their books. People get stuck and can't move forward. How do we begin to get unstuck? <laughs> that, that is such a key question. I think there's so many different ways you know, the first is really figuring out where we're stuck. Is it, you know, some emotional block that we need to sort of move through or process or heal? Or is it more just our habits and ways of being that, that we need to shift? And, you know, for some people, one, one really basic thing is, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, I said I was going to write on the weekend and it just didn't happen. I was too burned out from the week. And you really don't want to come to the writing burned out. You want to come renewed and refreshed and full of creative energy. And you can't if you're just burning yourself out in other ways. 
So do something to refresh yourself before you come to the writing. Go for a walk, listen to music, uh, meditate, you know, whatever works for you. Dance around your living room. But do something to shift your energy and renew yourself because then you're really going to have something to offer offer the creative process. Yep, yep. And, you know, I think, too, that... um that one of the habits that I hear about all the time and have had in the past myself is is um, time management. That that if you're not managing time and and you're uh, you're really not making time for the creative effort, then that habit has got to be changed. So how do you, what do you say about that? What can you recommend for that? Well, that's yeah, that's a really specific thing. You know, you've got 24 hours in a day. You want to make sure some of that is spent sleeping, and you don't want to skimp on sleep because that will affect your writing and creativity too. So you've got to figure out what you're going to do differently, what you're going to either do less of or take out altogether while you're writing, and be really clear about this is where the time is going to come from. And then, you know, make it, it sort of goes back to that Stephen Covey thing of putting those big, big rocks in first. You know, go to your schedule, your calendar, and schedule out blocks of time that you're going to write and keep that sacred. And, you know, if you say, oh, I'm going to write Saturday morning, the trouble is, you know, you'll get up and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to write this morning. First, I'm going to do the dishes and maybe fix a meal. And, oh, gosh, maybe I should go for a walk. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, or you'll see the laundry piling up and all these things you think you have to do because they're so critical. And the book doesn't happen. So you've, you've got to really make dates or appointments and, and keep those appointments. Right, right. And some of the emotional blocks we mentioned earlier about... Um, you know, fear of success and fear of failure that are simultaneous and uh, pretty overwhelming of, on both counts. Um, how do people work past some of that? Well, I, I can tell you how I did it with my co-authors on my first book, and maybe Linda has something to share about what she's done. Mm-hmm. Um, with my first book, I uh, originally I was working with one co-author, and then we added a second later, uh, but... But with Pico, we, we actually, you know, we would see where those blocks were. We did some, like, healing rituals around them, and we really uh, helped each other move through it and create some sort of uh, breakthrough in that area. So right. that, that right. was really key. Yeah, what you're saying, though, is, is you're applying some conscious endeavor to it. I think um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so what about you, Linda? Have you had any experience with that? Well, we did. We did experience that some of the authors, and I think you guys nailed it. It was fear of success and fear of failure. They went back and forth of who am I to think I can write this story? Who am I to think it would want to be shared? But for myself, I think it worked when I just listened and was supportive and let them know that all the feelings that they had, because I was dealing with over 40, so it was hard to give a little one-on-one time, but what I did notice works is let them know that, that those are all normal feelings and that other people are experiencing them and just let them be heard and share them with me. And as we did that, it's almost like as I let them share them with me, by the end of the call, they had already come out of it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. By speaking their biggest fears. So I guess it was more of a mentoring than it was um, an exact process because I had so many of them to help through, but it's almost like 
I really feel that it, it's just a natural part of the writing process that they all went through these feelings because I was dealing with so many different personalities, but their feelings and emotions that, and blocks that came up were really all fell under the same categories that Lisa's discussing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you are in the inspiration business, so <laughs> the yeah, whole idea Yeah, a last name like Joy, I better do what I'm supposed to do, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And, and really... You know, I guess you guys would say this too, but I would I will say this to our listeners that that if it's not a joy, don't do it. Exactly. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, but if it is a joy, then yeah, there's some definitely some things that you guys are talking about today that can bring it bring it to fruition. So, all right, uh, we've talked about sort of bringing some conscious light to to um, the whole process of the emotional blocks that are there, and. That whole process of sort of getting started, just getting started, is part. Is one of the things that I hear from people is one of the biggest blocks. It's just I just can't start. What what is that? I think part of it is people don't know where to start, and they're not entirely clear. So, you know, I take them through a process where they really look at their goals and what is this book going to do for you? What's it going to do for the person who picks it up and reads it? You know, what's going on in their life? Why are they going to pick up this book? And then what difference is it going to make? What's going to be different about their lives? And, and what's going to be different in the community or the world because of your book? Right. And so when you really get clear on those goals, it helps you figure out, first of all, who you're writing for. Because sometimes you think you're writing for one group and it really becomes another. Uh, so it, it really, those goals will help you get clarity about what's, what's the right book to write. And, and then really, yeah, that thinking about the audience is such a critical part, coming from that part of where are they and what do they need, what are they asking for, what do they see as the problem, and uh, that will help you too. And you, you do need an outline. You know, people sometimes think they can sort of just write a little here and write a little there, and later they'll figure out how to put it into a book. And unfortunately, when people have, have done that, what I see is it often takes much longer than it would have taken if they had just outlined it from the beginning. And, and that doesn't mean the outline won't change, but um, you work with it as it comes up, and it, it is a dynamic process. And certainly with my first book, the, the outline changed. I have other authors I work with, often it changes. But it's, you still need to have some kind of structure to really have it make sense. And otherwise, it's just a bunch of things that might not go together. Mm-hmm. Right, and that structure tends to build some confidence in your effort too, does it not? It does. It does. You know, and I think of Linda's book, Juicy Joyful Life, as such a great example because, you know, if she had just thought to say, okay, well, we'll just write an inspiring book, a book of inspiration, I think it would have been a much, much harder to really resonate for people. But Linda's done this amazing job because I've actually had a peek at the book of organizing it around certain principles and aspects of a juicy, joyful life so that, so that there's some cohesion to it as a whole. And sometimes you see these anthologies where they haven't done that. It's just a whole bunch of different people who've written different things. It doesn't come together. And so, you know, even when you're writing an anthology, it needs to come together. And I, I think Juicy, Joyful Life does that so beautifully. Okay. Well, we're going to talk some more about putting it all together right after the break. Stay tuned. We're talking today to Linda Joy and Lisa Tenner about birthing your book. 
awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today with Linda Joy, publisher of Aspire Magazine and now uh, Inspired Living Publishing uh, book publisher and Lisa Tenner, writing coach, um, about birthing your book. And so I want to speak a little bit to this whole um, editor-on-your-shoulder business, this guy that uh, sits there like a little devil and tells you, no, don't write it that way, write it this way, and mm-hmm. stops up the process. Can you speak a little bit to that, Lisa? Yeah, in general, it's going to be much easier to write. It's going to flow better if you write with that left brain, let it flow, and, you know, let it be creative, and you can edit later. And just allow for that. It may not be that good. That's okay because you're going to edit it. So really just sort of let it come out. And then when you're editing, you can say, okay, where did I tell where I really need to be showing more? Uh, where did I use passive verbs that I need to use more active verbs? Uh, but in general, it's going to be much easier if you separate those two processes because editing is much more right brain in general. Although I have to say, I find editing really creative. I enjoy it. But <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. And I think what I, what I do when I'm editing is I go back and try to see if I'm really saying what it is I really wanted to say. You know what? I think I just messed up the two sides of the brain. The right brain is the creative. Left brain is the... Rational. Thank I think you. I just, thank you. I, just, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> that, yes. Thank you. Uh, I just did that wrong. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. It's all right. Right. Left. You know. A little dyslexia here. 
We have, <laughs> we have uh, we, yeah, but I think that whole that editing process can be a honing process where you just kind of go, okay, this is getting clearer and clearer about what I'm really trying to say, and uh, that's that's why it's fun for me when I do it. Okay, so all right, let's talk about the promotional side of it now. You've mentioned the word platform, uh, Linda, and I'm not even sure if what that is. Can you define what you mean by? platform and how that's relative to promoting your work. Sure. Well, in the publishing industry, the first thing publishers, large or small, want to know is what's your platform. And think of it this way. Platform is your list, your following, the buzz around your book. So as Lisa can testify, as publishing industry is changing and their budgets become tighter and tighter, when they decide to take a project on, especially with a new author, the first thing they say to themselves is, oh, let's see what their platform is. In other words, who is already following their work that could be a built-in market? So most important is building your email list, building the visibility you have on social media, building your speaking engagement so they can see that you've done article marketing, that you've been had press releases that you've been mentioned in as much media as possible. Anything to do with the outside visibility of your name, brand, and upcoming book is what a platform is. And what's happening is what I've discovered in the research I've done is as the publishing industry changes from traditional, from the old way where a bunch of big publishers got all the books to more and more small presses and independent presses, and also self-publishing has come, you need a, a large platform. And what I'm noticing is a lot of people are doing is they're writing their books with the hope of getting an agent. And I'm talking about people that have never written a book before that don't have a following already or haven't had a pre-published book. They're writing their books and putting them out and hoping for an agent or um, to pick it up. But you have a better chance of having an agent pick up your book if you're a first-time writer when you've done the work prior. Now, I know what happens. That's not always the ideal case. Most people put out their book and find out, oh, my God, I don't have a platform. And then they start doing it while they have their book already out. That's okay, too. The biggest thing is getting your platform and visibility. So how Aspire has grown is even though we were a magazine, We've grown our platform, and Lisa's watched our growth because she happens to be on the East Coast. We have blown our platform by 500% just in the last nine months because of the platform building tools like social media, joint ventures, collaborative relationships, media sponsorships. There are so many different ways, especially today, that authors can get their names out without even having a publicist or... um, an agent behind them. So I guess my biggest thing for all aspiring authors is to say, even if you don't have an agent right now, that's okay. Let's get your platform built. Um, I I know someone now that self-published a book 18 months ago, um, is great at self-promotion, has 20,000 following her on Twitter, and happened to be mentioned on someone else's Twitter and blog, and she just got picked up by Finhorn Press. Wow. Yeah, now has a publicist, all this. Would it have happened if she hadn't said, okay, I'm putting this book out no matter what. It is meant to be birthed. But then spent a year year and a half doing everything she could to build her platform. And by doing so, she got picked up. 
Mm-hmm. Now, that can happen in, when you self-publish, especially now. Self-publishing isn't like it was five to ten, well, I'd say five to seven years ago. Hasn't it been a big shift? Do you find that also, Lisa? Yeah. That more and more agents are looking and saying, okay, this one's creating a lot of buzz. Um, so it really, you really have to put the work into building the platform. And a lot of people, it's funny because I'm finding a lot of people, they'll say, you know, what is a platform? I didn't even know what it is. Um, but if you do your research, just enter platform and publishing, and you'll see it's basically the definition of your following. Um, and that's the part I truly love doing is teaching bootstrap platform building tools because I had to do bootstrap everything for quite a few years. Yep, yep. Okay, so, all right, what would you say to the basic introvert, the uh, Ernest Hemingway type who wants to sit in the room and smoke cigarettes and drink and write their book and they just don't want to be that social? What would you say to them? In regard to the platform building? Yeah. Okay. I got to say, my little nickname, everyone calls me the hermit. I love to publish, do everything I do, and I like to be home. Mm-hmm. So I don't smoke, I don't drink, but picture me in my little office on the water. And I have done everything without no public um, visibility, with the exception, as Lisa knows, when I did events. But all this can be done. You don't have to be social. How social can you be to pick up the phone and do a radio interview? Right. Like I'm on a radio tour right now for the book. Um, that was me stepping out of my comfort zone, but I'm still in my little hermit house. I'm promoting the book. I'm very comfortable on the phone. So you can have that personality because at times I can have that personality. Mm-hmm. But everything now is done multimedia. So it still is possible to do it. If, if they're not comfortable on video, doing video blogs, they don't have to do it. There's other ways they can get their message out. Right, right. Okay. And All so right. they're not limited. Um, they truly aren't limited because I do have some clients that are very shy and unsure of themselves, mm-hmm. but I give them other ways to build their platform because there's multi-dimensions to building a platform. And as they get more comfortable with one, I notice that they say, okay, maybe I am ready for the next level. But you okay. give them the one they're comfortable with for their personality. Absolutely, absolutely. And, okay. So Andrew, just... if I could just add to what Linda said about um, agents. You know, I have heard agents say, I really am interested in this book, but and I will sign with you, but I'm not going to represent the book until until you do more platform building. Mm-hmm. So I've seen them hold off on showing the book to publishers until the author does, you know, some blogging, maybe uh, even hires a publicist, or maybe they do some of the things that Linda's talking about with, you know, sort of these um, partnerships that Linda's so great at, at creating. Uh, all these different pieces, you know, it, it, it may be different things for different authors, but until they do that, the agent's not going to show it to publishers because it's just not ready. They, they know they're not going to get a buy right. until more is done with that platform. Right. I, think, I like to explain it to the authors this way. Um, my book is, is slightly different because it's an anthology, but well, let's say it was a single, singular um, topic. Now with the publishing industry and budgets in the economy the way it is, publishers are being very tight with where they spend their money. So if you lined up 10 great writers, 
with all the same theme for their book, but they knew they could only choose, you know, a few out of that ten. What they're going to do is, once they already know that the book is in their category, the writing is the quality they want, now they have to narrow it down based on budget. Who do you think they're going to go with? They're going to go with someone that has 5,000 on their list, that has done multiple media events, has a, a, a great website that shows all the media they've done, is very interactive with their following. That's what they're looking for. They want to know that this author's content and personality relates to their audience and that they are interactive with their audience because that tells the publisher, wow, there's a hot market here. She's already shown it. And I've seen it from the publishing end because I get contacted by a lot of publishers because, I'm, because of Aspire to run their excerpts. So I get to see the publicity these publicists are looking for. So I've learned from, like, multiple angles. And it's the biggest thing I try to tell people. Do not concentrate all your effort on writing the book. The hard work, you should be, while you're writing the book, slowly building your platform. Um, and that's my biggest advice is don't wait till after your book is out. Okay. Great advice. All right. Ditto. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. We're, uh, I want to uh, – we're going to break for a commercial in just a few minutes, but I want to ask this question. Where do people need the most help, Lisa, in, in, in writing – in the writing process? From my point of view, I think it's getting break? started. <laughs> You know, I, I would almost say the beginning, the middle, and the end. <laughs> okay. All right. And then we can go into more detail after the commercial. Okay. All right. Well, we, we have a little bit of time before the commercial. I okay. Think. Well, you know, in the beginning, it really is about, you know, what is the concept of the book and what's going to make it fresh? What's going to make people buy it? There's a lot of books out there. And what's going to make your book stand out? And sometimes it, it it's... It's looking at the audience, certainly, and what they need and want and, you know, where their needs aren't getting met. But it's also looking at what makes you unique. And when you really know yourself, it, it, you, you get better at answering that question, and I think it helps with the book. And sometimes, you know, just going to your clients uh, or people that work with you, you know, why did you hire me? What, what is it about me that really works for you? And... And, and really made you hire me. And so, you know, what qualities? And, and then you try to translate it, that into the book. You know, is it your compassion? Is it your sense of humor? Is it um, the stories you tell? You know, you'll work those into the book then. Okay. And, all right, we're going to take a break, and, and we'll be talking some more about this uh, later in the next segment, but we're going to also talk about your upcoming seminar. So... We'll be back in just a minute and learn more about what's coming up and how you can get involved with this process with Linda and Lisa. Stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA is life-changing. SkillsUSA is awesome. SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. SkillsUSA is amazing. SkillsUSA is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. 
SkillsUSA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. web at skillsusa.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. You live for the first in your child's life. But how do you cope with the first that come after your child is diagnosed with cancer? CureSearch.org connects you to the doctors and scientists whose collaborative research has turned childhood cancer from a nearly incurable disease to one with an overall cure rate of 78%. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back for the final segment of the show. We are talking today to Linda Joy, uh, publisher of Aspire Magazine and now of Inspired Living Publishing, and um, Lisa Tenner, who is a writing coach and a teacher at Harvard. Um, And we are... We want to talk about the upcoming teleseminar that you guys have got going on, September the 15th. Um, Authentic Living Radio is co-sponsoring that along with Inspired Living Publishing, Aspire, and Women, Women's Wisdom. And I want to make sure that we really tell our listeners what's going on for that seminar and, and um, how they can get, in, get on your site so that they can get to the teleseminar. So, Lisa, you want to tell us about that? Sure, sure. And I just want to clarify, I'm on the faculty of Harvard Medical School's publishing course, so it's a course that's once a year, um, but so I'm not a sort of a regular teacher at Harvard all the time. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I want to misrepresent myself. Um, yeah, the, um, it's, I'm really so excited about this teleseminar. When Linda and I first started to talk about it, um, both of us, I think, just were sort of jumping out of our seats. And uh, really, you know, part of that is because Publishing is changing, and so many people, I think, want to write a book but really don't know how to go about it successfully. And 
there is that piece Linda talked about that, you know, you really need to be doing some platform building while you're writing your book, whether it's some blogging or just reaching out to other people, uh, whether it's through Facebook or Twitter or other means, just starting to create more of a community so that you don't just write a book and then, you know, you have to start from scratch. Time is really important and you want to be using your time effectively. So, um, so that's part of why we're so excited to be offering this. And also, you know, we've worked together. Um, I've been a columnist for Aspire and on the board at Aspire for, I think it's, what did you say, Linda, four years? Four years, Four yeah. years. Um, and it's, it's something that uh, we've really enjoyed working together. And so I think taking it to this new level and offering what we now know is, is, is fun and, and exciting. Uh, and so some of the things we're going to, offer on the teleseminar are strategies for becoming a published author, more than one. So there's not just one way to become a published author nowadays. We're going to look at different ones and what might fit for listeners, how they can evaluate that. And the most important question to ask before you start writing. So often people sort of write the wrong book or they get kind of stuck because they didn't ask the right questions ahead of time. So we're going to help you start off on the right foot and talk about how to complete your book quickly, but but to write a really good book, not just to write something shoddy quickly, and uh, how to build your platform before you write your first word, right, that piece that Linda talked about that's so critical, and building an authentic brand and platform uh, because your book is going to represent more than just your book. It's about your business or who you are in the world, and so thinking about that ahead of time as well and thinking about that in relation to your author platform, how you reach people. And we'll talk about how to write a book that can attract top publishers, if that is a goal of yours. I do have clients who are getting contracts with agents and contracts with publishers and uh, getting published, and so I, I know it, it, it still does happen. And we'll talk about how you can be somebody who attracts top publishers. And we also have a really special a special offering that we're going to do on this call, and you can win. Uh, there's, there's one person will win over $5,000 in free gifts, um, which includes a seat in my Bring Your Book to Life program and a private platform-building strategy session with Linda. So, uh, so you'll want to be on that call because there are going to be some really exciting, both exciting information and opportunities. And it's September 15th, 2010. And it's going to be at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And there is a link to sign up for it. That link is lisatenner.com, L-I-S-A-T-E-N-E-R.com, slash inspired, and then there's a hyphen there, teleseminar. So it's lisatenner.com slash inspired hyphen teleseminar. Great, great. And they can go there and register now? or They can they... go there and register now, absolutely. Absolutely, okay. All right. So um, I want to hear also, Linda, from you about um, you're going to be uh, helping facilitate this teleseminar. You're going to be uh, teaching about building your platform, and uh, Lisa's going to be teaching about the writing process. And so I want to uh, ask you also about um, a little bit more about your upcoming book, uh, that you've got out there, and how people can get on the Aspire website as well. Sure. Well, we're excited. A Juicy Joyful Life will be launching September 29th. 
um, on Amazon and our big online bestseller campaign. And anyone that wants to learn more about that or join our book launch can go to Juicy Joyful Life. Um, while you're there, you can also meet all the authors. And I'd love to offer your um, listeners, we are at Aspire are doing the Mission to Inspire 100,000 Women campaign. It's a global campaign, and we've committed to giving away 100,000 one-year subscriptions to Aspire to women across the globe. So all they have to do is go to subscribe to aspire.com and claim their free subscription, and with it comes over 70 free gifts from our Team Inspiration Partners. Um, we're published about six, we are published six times a year. It gets delivered right to their inbox. Um, this issue actually has uh, Judith Orloff. We have Carolyn Meese coming up um, in the October issue. So we have a lot of leading visionaries that um, write for us and with us, and we have some amazing columnists, ex- including Lisa Tanner. So, um, again, that's subscribe to Aspire.com. Subscribe to Aspire, and Aspire is A-S-P-I-R-E.com. Yes. All right, great. So you've said a lot about what you're going to be covering in Birth Your Book, um, and, it, and the, the subtitle of that teleseminar is From Inspiration to Published Author. I really like that because that's exactly what you guys are trying to make happen. You're trying to make it really become, take feet, to put it down on the planet so that it becomes real. And I really appreciate your effort and have wanted to make sure that this effort gets out there so that people can know about it. And there's just so many people who want to join the conversation. One of the authors uh, that I spoke to last year on the show talked about how it has felt for so many years to, uh, to writers that, you know, there's only a few select people that get to join the conversation and those people are the big names, and the you know they're they they're the ones with the uh, you know um, million dollar contracts and best selling books and all that. And uh, there's so many people that also want to join the conversation, and you guys are going to help them do that. So I really appreciate your work, and thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you, Andrea. Thank you, Andrea. Okay. And next week we're going to be talking to Ivan Rados about your health and consciousness. So don't miss that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.